Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of X to Interact. Today we have Sam, Ark, and myself, Gaff. Unfortunately, our usual host, Polar, isn't here today. He got mixed up with the time. So we'll just have to try to play this by ear. But it's our first episode, so please be kind <laughs> to us. We're nowhere near professionals. We're all here to have fun. So, for now at least, the format for these episodes will go as follows. We'll do a news roundup from the previous week or two, and then we'll move on to a topic of our own choosing, followed by Game Pass or Play, a segment where we showcase a Game Pass game that some or all of us have played, and we, then we present our thoughts. And then after giving our opinions, we'll then decide on a verdict of play or pass, or maybe we won't reach a collective verdict, and we'll argue like a bunch of monkeys. We'll see what happens. Um, so, before we even get to the news, I just want to say I'm very happy with the name of X to Interact. Who who came up with it again? Was it It Sam? was. Well, I, I said okay. X for all, and then Polar uh, countered with X to Interact, and then I think we collectively decided that it was better. Yeah, yeah that, that was a... Oh, sorry. It's, that was a really good more, name. Yeah, it sounded more like a gaming-oriented uh, name, you know? Game yeah, game. definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it's really clever since, like, you'll see that prompt and, like, it's pretty much a universal game language. Yeah. Plus the fact, like, the X button is so just, like, synonymous with gaming. Yeah. Except, Cross-gen. I guess, if you're a PlayStation player, then it's just, it's square to interact, <sighs> but that doesn't sound as nice. Yeah. You still... The X button that some people like to call cross, which makes no sense to me. No, it's no one calls it that. <laughs> <laughs> no one actually calls it that. But anyway, so let's move on to the news. First up on our pretty healthy list of stories is EA Play coming to PC for Xbox Game Pass. Now, there's a lot of things you want to say about PC Game Pass in general, or I think <clears throat> there's a lot, a lot of things that Sam has to say about PC Game Pass, but before I go into that, let's check out this really good addition to PC Game Pass, which is EA Play. So, as the story goes, on Xbox's official website, it says, we're excited to share with you that starting tomorrow, March 18th, at 2 p.m. PT, Xbox Game Pass PC and Ultimate members will be able to enjoy all the benefits of EA Play on Windows 10, including more than 60 of EA's biggest and best PC games like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, FIFA 20, Titanfall 2, and Need for Speed Heat, as well as titles from some of EA's most popular franchises like Battlefield, Madden NFL, Madden NFL Command & Conquer, and The Sims. Now, I believe EA Play on PC was promised a long time ago, and I'm not sure if they gave a reason for why it yeah, didn't it was, come when it was supposed to. It was supposed to come out in, like, December, I believe, and then it just got, they just said, like, delayed, and then never really gave a reason, and yeah. then decided to announce it randomly out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe I I don't remember if it was ever officially stated, but I believe it was something to do with EA and their launcher. Considering that you have to download download like a loot oh launcher God, yeah. for EA Play now, 
for Game Pass? Yeah. Talk about two just terrible launchers combining, kind of. Because, I yeah. mean, <laughs> e- e- EA is just awful with that stuff. Like, Origin was always terrible. Oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah, the PC Game Pass, like, the UI and everything is just not great. Yeah, Windows Store is nothing to write home about. Yeah. But on paper, this is awesome, right? Definitely. No one can complain about more games available for you to play for only, um, at least for me, at least like 15, 15 bucks a month, or is it 20? I forget. What, um, Ultimate? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, I think yeah, it's about 20. Months. 15, yeah. Yeah, I'm only paying... I don't even know. Seven? Yeah, I think that's the price for just Game Pass on PC. Yeah? Yeah. It's like, on top of all the games that Xbox already has on their on their platform, we have, like, undisputably great games like Jedi Fallen Order, which is a single-player Star Wars game. Has one of the best Star Wars stories made. And really great combat, and now especially now that it's enhanced to be 60 FPS, it's. I definitely wish I, I had the time to play it again, or I, I wish I could forget about my first time playing it, and play <laughs> it again because playing it on my day one, not day one, but like sorry, my Xbox One, it was rough. The loading times were bad, and uh, it was just it was really choppy. But, but it speaks a lot for the game. But I still had tons of fun with it. Yeah, I will say that. Um, and then, it's a yeah. good thing that I like that they're adding Star Wars Squadrons on PC because I've always wanted to try that game in VR. I've played like a little bit oh, yeah. before, like on uh, on non VR. But like, I feel like that game will be a lot cooler to play in VR. Yeah. And I have but, a I have an Oculus Quest, so I can use that. You know, just link it up to my PC and play like that. Yeah, that's a that's a game I never got to check out, but maybe I will now. Um, I'm trying to think of the other. I guess it wasn't on EA Play, but they added a bunch of other games. I know we were gonna get to that, but uh, they added uh, Octopath. Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah. Actually. Um, which I'm pretty excited to be able to try out since I never, I haven't yet, never yeah. dropped the dough to do it. I'm surprised they added Octopath to Xbox because normally, even if an RPG comes to Xbox, it's on PlayStation. And, and so far, yeah, it's not on PlayStation that we know of. So that's really interesting to me. Yeah, and there was no fanfare for this port either. There's no hint yeah, of it. It was, just, it, was, it was just like a shadow drop on Game Pass. Yeah, with like 10 other games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And. And otherwise, we got games like Titanfall 2, which it, I played played a bit when it first came out. It's a really fun shooter. Lots of fun wall jumping and playing in giant mechs. Oh, I People love, too. love to call it an underrated game. I can't speak much about that, but <laughs> how, what do you guys think? That, that, that's another game I want. Uh, Titanfall 2 is another game I want to try out as well. Um, I'm not like a huge first-person shooter 
type of guy, but um, from what I've heard, that is the campaign is really good. So, um, yeah, oh, I'm yeah, down really down to try try that out for sure. So overall, of course, this is good news, and yes, it sucks that it didn't come at the time it was promised, but whatever, it's here now. There to be enjoyed, and the more that console and PC, they the more they reach equal ground, the more synonymous they'll be with each other, and that can only work in Microsoft's favor. It just helps them. They, if they're not going to dominate the console space, then they can just dominate the console and PC space, which is arguably much bigger than yeah console alone yeah yeah definitely we, we we still have one game coming to game pass that we didn't mention yet and what is that uh outriders coming day one to console game pass outriders will be coming to console and xcloud so your android phones it will be it will come, coming on day one, starting on April first. But it will not be on PC, unfortunately. So now, did I, any of you guys try Outriders? No, I have not tried it out. I was, I know the demos like there, but I was just waiting to, to get it. Um, gonna play it with my brother, but. I was I initially saw that this game was coming to Game Pass, and I was like, "Oh, cool! Now I don't have to pay for it." Yeah, and then the rumors of it like last week. Yeah, and then I and then I saw another headline later in the day that said console only, and I'm like, and that I was just very disappointed when I saw that because I was like, "Really? Like, come on! Like, I feel like if you're gonna, I know it's different with PC, like." Gain the rights to it and everything, but uh, I I was just like, man, if you're gonna bring it to console, get it on that PC, cause like, I know PC Game Pass obviously costs less, but it's just not only is the game selection kind of disappointing, it, the like everything about it, like the Xbox app on the PC is just not very good. Um, like like I said, the UI is not great. It's not like terrible, but um, and then. It don't even get me started on the download speeds. I don't know what's going on, but the download speeds seem to be much slower on that than anything else. But so it's not, you, you don't think it's your internet? You think it's specifically a problem with the store or the yeah? Because like I'll be downloading, I'll be downloading something on like Steam, like right after or like right before, and then I'll go over to the Xbox app and it'll just be like completely. Like probably, like yet yesterday I was up uh, updating something, and it was literally downloading at less than a megabyte per second. Mm. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "Like it always has like much lower speeds than I usually get on like everything else. Even my PlayStation will, uh, even my Switch will download things faster than it most of the time." Oof, that's a which big is like. There. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy, but yeah, this this was just another bummer kind of thing for PC Game Pass that 
it's not coming to it, but. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, how you felt about the difference in library between, like, console and PC Game Pass. And you already answered that, but I also want to ask you, what do you yeah. think they can improve about PC Game Pass that would make it a lot better? Well, the UI, first of all. And as, as far as I know with that, um, and that's not really a game, just a Game Pass thing. That's more of a Xbox PC app. Um, but there's no, like... In Steam, you can do, like, the big picture mode where you can, where it's a lot better UI for, like, your controller. Mm-hmm. Um, but there isn't something, there isn't one of, there's not that for, like, the Xbox, as far as I know. And it's just, like, kind of baffling, because, like, it's an app for a console. So, maybe I want to use my controller for a lot of these games. Yeah. But then I can't really do that. Well, I can. I can do it for the games, but, like, I can't use, navigate the UI and go through all my games and stuff like that um, with my controller. So that would be really nice. But, again, that's not really a specifically Game Pass thing. Um, But, and sometimes it's pretty hard to, mm, not really, though. I was going to say sometimes it's hard to tell, like, if a game's actually included on Game Pass, but, um, because the language is a little weird sometimes um yeah i mean mainly the selection of games but a lot of that is because a lot of the especially a lot of the older games just don't have pc versions that is very true um so like the gears of war games the only like original of the original three um that's on pc game pass is the first one and it's and it runs so bad does it really? Oh, yeah. Really? Like, I thought it was just, like, me, but I looked up and I, like, found all sorts of, like, threads about how the the, the uh, PC version of uh, Gears of War, like, Ultimate Edition or whatever it's called, just runs terribly on, like, Windows, uh, like, 10 and stuff like that. And it's, like, uh, too bad. Because I, I, I started it, I played for, like, 20 minutes. And it was just so framey. Like, I was maybe getting, like, 20 frames a second. It was awful. Oh. Um, so I was really disappointed by that. But, yeah, they don't have two or three on there. Um, just because there was never a PC version. Um, yeah. Which, you know, is understandable. But it just kind of, like, kind of disappointing. Um, maybe get some emulators in there, you know? I don't know. Oh, that's a that's a legal gray zone. <laughs> Hey, they did. They yeah. do. They do it with PS Now. Oh, really? That's how it happens. Okay. I mean, kind those of. Are like, those are like those, streams. Yeah, you're kind of. Sh- yeah, that's true. You are streaming it on PS Now. Um. But. I don't know. Yeah, it, but I get what you're saying. You're like saying you like you want like in the original Xbox games like included in PC Game Pass. Yeah, it's just a little like, and I get it. Like, there, there's not much they can do about that, because those yeah, games were you can just copy and paste yeah the like, xbox file <laughs> yeah pc folder and like obviously you're paying less for just pc game pass and i think going forward it will be nice having all the new games um yeah. that are i should say first party um but if they're gonna go out and get these third party games for like console game pass for the love of God, try your like try your hardest to get them for PC. 
It's like that's what kind well, of disappoints me about Outriders is that obviously it's not a first party game, so it's a little different, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, on the bright side, this month I think they they're kind of, they're trying to answer your request there because we have Undertale for cloud console and PC. Yakuza 6 for Cloud Console and PC. Mar- Marita Boy, Cloud Console PC. Empire of Sin, Cloud Console PC. Star Wars Squadron, only console, unfortunately. But it's actually on PC, I'll... too. I think this is before Wait. the EA Play announcement. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that okay. Makes sense. Huh. Octopath, Octopath Traveler, Console PC. Game called Genesis, Genesis Noir, Console PC. And then we have a, four games in a row that are only on PC, which is Nier Automata. Conner's Gods Edition, Torchlight 3, Deathfire Ultimate Edition, and Superland. So, they're not neglecting PC terribly. Yeah. Yes, they're not equal, but it's not exactly desolate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the... one thing I wish they would improve with PC Game Pass, and I guess it's not specifically PC Game Pass itself, but the developers of the games. I just wish there was like more cross save between the console versions of games and the PC versions of games, because not all of them are cross save, and it's kind of annoying when I, uh, maybe I just want to lay down in bed and play my Xbox, and sometimes I just want that higher frame rate in my PC, but not all games are cross uh, save. Like I was playing, um, oh, what was it No Man's Sky on PC Game Pass and doing it in VR, and it was really fun. But then sometimes I just want to sit back in my bed, play that game on my Xbox, and that game actually has cross save. And that was actually a pretty nice feature that I didn't know it had. I just wish more games would have that feature, you know, because not everything has it. Yeah, I know. It'd be such a... Cross-save is such a huge quality of life thing, especially for Xbox, who, who tries to do console and PC a lot. Um, but I guess, ultimately, it's up to, to the developers to really put that in. And if it's not a priority for them, then it's not a priority. Yeah, ho- hopefully Xbox is with their first party studios. Hopefully they're making yeah. that like a necessity. Like you have to have cross save. I would for hope sure, they would sure. hope and think they're doing that, but only one way to find okay. out. <laughs> yep. Moving on, we have some news from Square Enix, who had their own showcase, I believe, on Thursday. Where they announced a bunch of things, some were more noteworthy than others. So just going through the list, Project Athia, which was a game that was first shown off at Sony's PS5 event way back in June. It, it now officially has a title. It's called Forspoken, and it's set to be released in 2022. I just think this is neat because. Octopath Traveler was also called Project Octopath Traveler when it was first announced, and it kept the name. Yep. So I thought they'd be keeping Athia also in this case, but I did it's too. not. It's now called Forspoken. Forspoken is such a weird name. I do not like it. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why. I just think it's so... I always think it's stupid. It, it reminds <laughs> me of like... A, it sounds like a Destiny expansion, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. It's a little pretentious. It's, it's just like... I don't know. I whenever I say it for spoken, I just sound I don't know. I just sound An like asshole. a yeah. It's just I don't know. 
I I I agree. I like I I like Project Athia better. I wish they would have kept that, kind of like they did with Octopath, but. Yeah. Oh, regardless, I'm sure the game will be fine. But yeah, but yeah. Fun. How do you guys feel about the game? The the teaser was like wow. I was like man, that's, uh, it's not what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting to be honest, but yeah. From the brief, I don't know two minutes that they showed us, I was. I'm very excited for this game now. And then after that, we have some Life is Strange news. First, a Life is Strange remastered for, sorry, a Life is Strange remastered collection coming in September of this year. And it will be also a part of Life is Strange True Colors Ultimate Edition, which I guess is the third entry oh. in the series. Also coming on September 10th, 2021. And it will not be an episodic game. And it'll be a, the full game will be released at once, which is also very interesting. Not very typical for yeah. these. These they're not telltale, but you know, that genre of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I think they realized not enough people played Life of Strange 2. Because they spread it out <laughs> too yeah. they spread it out too much. Yeah. I feel like episodic games are just they don't work now like they used to back then. Yeah, Hitman, they went full game at once, now same thing with Life is Strange. And then after that, we Oh have wait, wait, wait. Players. I just I just oh, want to say I'm very I'm very excited for the next Life is Strange. I I loved all I love all 3 of the games so far, so I'm very very excited for this one. And then after that, we have Tomb Raider Definitive Survivor Trilogy. It's, it will be a collection of the original Tomb Raider in 2013, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's been announced for Xbox and PS5, and uh, I think PC, I'm not sure. But I think this is... Everyone, a lot of people saw it coming. It was leaked online. Yeah. For... A good, a good amount of time before the actual announcement, but I think it's neat. I love, I love the Tomb Raider games. The first one's great. The second one, some people are down on. I still think it's really great. And Wait. Shadow of Tomb Raider, sorry, what's up? People are down on the on Rise of the Tomb Raider. Wasn't it because it was Xbox exclusive for a year? I think maybe that's what the main thing was. Not only that, but I think I think people were. Some people were just turned off by, I guess, the new setting. And really, for my friend, for my friend especially, he hates Rise of the Tomb Raider. Oh my god, that's my favorite. With one. a passion. Same. I really, I like Rise of the Tomb Raider a lot. Not not just because it's a, I think it's a gorgeous game, but I think moving on from an island to this, this, this other just different landscape, all the ice and the, and the yeah. deserts. I think it's. I think and, it's awesome. And there's jungle. Like I feel like the diversity in that game was of of setting was really cool. And then we have Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is I guess the least liked of the trilogy, but I still thought it was a it was a good game. I yeah. didn't I did not like it. But it's good. A new generation can experience these games and they'll be enhanced and probably look even better than when they released then some smaller stuff like just cause mobile being revealed and 
a new Hitman game called Project Hitman Sniper Assassins. But I want to get to the Avengers stories. So Avengers obviously has had a rough time. They released they released Kate Bishop in November, which was to come in October, and then Hawkeye was supposed to be a month later than that, but it didn't happen. It's happening much, much later in the spring. And people were pretty close to just leaving this game for dead. But at this at the Square Enix conference, they gave the people, in a way, what they wanted. They actually gave them a plan this time, and we'll see if they stick to this plan. But it's better than having no plan. So besides releasing an actual roadmap, they also put out a trailer for Black Panther, who will be part of the War for Wakanda expansion later this year. I saw the trailer, and I saw the model for Black Panther. I think it looks sick as fuck, and I think it'll be he'd be really cool to play. It's just, it's just a shame that it didn't come out when it was supposed to, supposed to last year yeah yeah he so i will say that this is the first time that they revealed a character like um what 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 the character looks like where i was like damn he looks cool yeah because all the other characters i was just like what the hell are they doing with like like when they initially announced it i was like these are just like kind of off-brand like of the MCU, <laughs> which I mean, obviously it was always going to be compared to that, um, with how popular the MCU is, but, uh, but it was just like, but Hawkeye so, like, just in, he's in a t-shirt and then, and and, pants. yeah. And then Hawkeye was just like some, like they just pulled some white dude off the street and gave him a fucking <laughs> bow and arrow and a shirt with a, uh, target on it, but make him purple. Yeah. Everyone knows Hawkeye's which, purple. Which, whatever, but, uh, and then, yeah. I, I don't even know what Kate Bishop looks like. She had some sunglasses, I'm pretty sure. Um, That's at least kind of accurate to what she's supposed to look like. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you're right, Black Panther, it, but, man. the appearance did wow me. Yeah, he looks badass. I mean, I, I feel like he's a pretty hard character to mess up in that way. Like, he, he just is badass. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah be pretty hard yeah. for them to mess that up but i did re-download it i it did re-download avengers on like playstation 5 um well funny funny you mentioned playing. that because so it, you did it it's not like you played avengers on your ps4 and upgraded to your ps5 right there's always on your ps5 um so i i had gotten it at release and played an hour or more than an hour i played i fought abomination and then mm-hmm. that's like where I stopped. So that's like what two, three hours in, maybe, if that. Um, and so I played that, and I just did not get into it, and then stopped, and then I just got the upgrade. Um, the PS Five upgrade, and I'm already farther than I was, and I'm enjoying it. I want to ask you about the process of because last week the internet was yeah kind of infuriated by how 
just convoluted the upgrade process was for from PS4 to PS5. And this was like some unintentional great PR for Xbox. Because people <laughs> were then saying, oh, smart delivery. You thought it was just a meaningless PR PR term, but it turned out to to actually have some weight. And it's true. For Xbox, all you got to do is just just download the game again on your new console, and it just works. You don't have to ask questions. It just works. But then for PS4 and PS5, you got to download the game on your PS4, then download some patch, and then download it again on your PS5. But, but don't do it this way, or else all your sales will get fucked up. So it's just these little quality of life quality of life features that I guess highlight Xbox's strategy for this gen. Yeah. Um, it's just a really surprising win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not really related to Avengers, but like I want to like preach smart delivery a little bit more. Um, so like on PS5 launch day, I bought Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. So I wanted to play Spider-Man Remastered again or whatever. Like a new game plus. The only problem is uh... I had to get a, I had to have the standard Spider-Man PS4 and able to even upload my save data to the PS5 version. So I had to like re-download PS4 version, upload the save data, and do it on PS5, download the save data, delete the PS4 version, and I'm just like, this is too much work just to get a save file to transfer over. Meanwhile, my Xbox, like recently the Crash Bandicoot uh, next-gen version came out, and all I had to do was just like update the game, and that was it. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little ridiculous. I haven't had to deal with it because I kind of just decided to do clean slate, and I haven't really had a game that I needed to import. Yeah, save data. Um, so luckily I haven't had to deal with it. But yeah, I mean it's kind of ridiculous the amount of work you have to go through for a lot of the games on PlayStation. Yeah, and obviously not every game's gonna need that much work. Like Destiny, for example, you just update since all the save data is in the cloud. Yeah, but it's more like everything that needs that's saved locally, which is weird for mm-hmm. Avengers. Cause it's a game as a service, but your save is saved locally. That's a little weird. Yeah, I'm not. That is weird, cause like, you would yeah, you think it'd just be like Destiny or even like Borderlands. Yeah. Stuff like that. And I'm sure yeah. this is something that the PlayStation the PlayStation guy he can just fix down the line. But for now, it's just some God, I hope so. It, it's just a good thing to to be an X a good good time to be an Xbox fan at this current moment. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um just one more oh. thing I want to say about Avengers real quick. Um I like how yep. they put out a roadmap for the upcoming content this year. But like I yeah. wanna I, I I wonder how much of that stuff is actually gonna come out this year. Cause, uh I don't know. Their their past couple of content updates hasn't really given me hope since they put out Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, who are two Hawkeyes, for one. And two, Hawkeye was supposed to come out in December, and it's already March. Like, how how far back is their roadmap actually is? Like, are they going to delay any of this stuff? Because well, they delayed I... Spider-Man already, too. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man was uh... supposed to be out now. Yeah. In like February or something like that. 
I just like to give them the benefit of the doubt. If they're so confident that they're willing to put out a whole graphic showing them, showing everyone the timeline, if they're doing that and, and risk the PR fire that will be if they screw up again, then yeah. I like to hope that they know what they're doing this time. Yeah, I give them the benefit of the doubt because if COVID especially fucked up a lot of uh, other dev devs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, COVID didn't just fuck over Crystal Dynamics, but they also fucked over WB Montreal, who have been who, who regretfully announced that Gotham Knights has now been pushed to 2022 when it's supposed to come out in 2021. Me personally, I'm sad because this, this looks like a game, a really cool DC game. Get to play as Nightwing, Red Hood, Batgirl, and the Tim Drake Robin. And even though it doesn't take place in the Arkham universe, it's still a fun addition to the Batman, the Batman lore. And the gameplay demo, it, I thought was really cool. The floating numbers and the leveling up, it kind of turned me off at first, but I'm fine with it. But it is sad that I have to wait another year to play this game. Yeah, it's um, it it's yeah. a little it's a little disappointing, but um, because I was really looking forward to it um to play with my brother, but it is what it is. COVID has it's yeah, COVID's affecting a lot of studios like that. Um, yeah, this will not be the first game to get delayed, not at all. Yeah. Oh yeah, this yeah, they're yeah the delays have not even begun. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty one is gonna be. It's going to be a slow year for gaming because of COVID. Yeah, it's going to... Yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, I'm not very confident in the amount of games that are going to be out in the fall. Um, But, you know, we'll see. I mean, the summer hasn't happened yet, so... A lot of a lot of studios will announce games and release dates then. But, uh, but yeah, this is... That was a tough one. I was hoping that would get stay in 2021 um i will say i'm a little the only thing i'm worried about is the i don't know if the characters are gonna feel super different to play as um yeah but that's fair point because that's that's one thing avengers i think did get right is that all the all the avengers seem to play fairly differently um for better or for worse, because Hulk is awful to play as, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> they all feel different and pretty unique. Um, at least so as far as I'm into the game, I only have three of the three or four of the characters. So um, hopefully, Gotham Knights can kind of make them feel a little bit different. I think Red Hood will feel different, definitely, because he's got guns, but. Yeah, the but other then you have three. I don't know about. They all use melee weapons, and they have some differences. Yeah, but like I, I imagine Batgirl will be more acrobatic, and Nightwing, he'll. I don't know. Maybe he'll be more of just your generic brawler. And Tim Drake, he's he's young, he's small. Maybe he'll be more nimble. Maybe he'll use more gadgets because he's Robin. Who knows? Who knows? Moving on, we have 
one of the stranger stories from last week, which is Sony buys Evo. And for those who don't know, Evo is a giant fighting game fighting game tournament. It's called the Evolution Championship Series. So the co-founders, Tom and Tony Cannon, they're going to stand as key advisors. But this all seems to be part of Sony's plan to, I guess, get into esports. And some people have made the point that on EVO, most of the games were played on PS4 anyway. So maybe this is just like smoothing over some some boundaries. And I I think I doubt this will affect much of anything at all. Maybe you'll see more PlayStation game ads during the tournament. The only concern that some people have will be, you know, yeah, what happens to Smash? In fact, Nintendo, they put out a statement saying that they will continue to evaluate Evo and other and other strategies in the near future. Which it's all it's PR talk, but to me it sounds like to me personally it sounds like they're gonna look for other places to to host their Smash tournaments. Yeah. Nintendo said they're looking into it, but I don't know like what's the future of Smash at Evo? I don't I don't know if it's gonna continue anytime soon, to be honest. Just looking, it's Nintendo. First of all, they shut down Smash tournaments before, and second of yeah. all, this year they're doing. This year, Evo is only doing online tournaments, and Smash is not in any of that at all. Yeah, yeah. And like, also, what does Sony gain by buying Evo? Like, I felt it was just like a weird purchase they did. Is it like to counter Microsoft from buying Smash GG back back last year? Like for I, those of you who don't know what Smash GG is, it's like a uh, from what I from what I'm reading, it says it's like a, a website that handles like bracket registration bracket and registration functionality for tournaments, and Microsoft bought that last year, so I'm just like, are you supposed to counter that? I don't know. I saw this tweet um, the day this was announced, where it goes like, it's like Jim Ryan goes. Just I don't care what it is. Just buy it. Buy anything. As a as a counter to Microsoft, I guess pretty good in Newsweek. Yeah, I, I doubt it's that. actually that. That's case. That tweet. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe they're trying to diversify. Yeah, because like as you said, like uh, most fighting games are played on PlayStation, so I think it's just like a a partnership that they decided they just wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Don't really. It, it, in all actuality, I don't think it's anything too big, to be honest. It just means Evo keeps going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Next news story AC Valhalla gets its first expansion in Ireland. So, as, as the story goes, if you will give me a brief second to pull it up. Inspired by Gaelic myths and folklore, Wrath of the Druids has players tracking cult members and gaining influence with Gaelic kings. It's the first major expansion for the Assassin's Creed game that was released in 2020. It'll cost $24.99 as a standalone item or available as a part of Assassin's Creed's Valhalla's 
99 season pass, which will provide other content as well. And then included with this, this expansion, sorry, not included, but ahead of this update, they're putting out some new festivals in, in, the, in the game as part of in-game events, such as an Easter theme festival, and there'll be new items and, and whatnot. So I still haven't finished AC Valhalla, but from the 60 hours I've played of it, I think I've been able to get a pretty good impression of the game. And my impression is that it's fun. It's a fun turn your brain off game for the most part, because how the story goes, and this is not a spoiler, there are like 15 kingdoms around the country. And then you go to each of these kingdoms and there'll be a bunch of story quests for you to do. And the conclusion of all of these, these quests is that you gain that kingdom's alliance. And you can do these kingdoms in any order you want. And then I suppose what I imagine the ending is that once you finally gain the alliance of all the kingdoms, then you move on to fight whoever the final bad guy is. Um, so, and then at the end of this 90-hour journey, they're giving you another 30 hours to play for 25 US. Now, I know Sam, he bought season pass. How do you feel about this? I feel that I spent too much money on the season pass and that I should have... <laughs> Wait, how much is the season pass? Well, I bought the like gold edition of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, so it came with the game and then the season pass, and I think it was like 100 Okay. So it would have been 40 um, dollars, I suppose, for the season pass. Um, which, if... I mean, if these DLC are as big as the DLC for the uh, for Odyssey, then that's fine because um, there's a lot to do in both of those DLC. Um, and I think I'm just gonna wait until all the DLC, like the I think they have either two or three DLC planned for it. Um, so I'm just gonna wait until they're all released, and then I'm probably just gonna go back to it and play through because as much as I kind of was annoyed by all the bugs and stuff, I love Assassin's Creed. So I'll probably get back to it at some point when I have some downtime and I'm not playing some other games. So yeah, the idea of exploring Ireland in the, in the game sounds really cool. And I know in the, there'll be another upcoming expansion where they'll go to, I think Paris, ancient Paris. Yeah, I think that's right. That sounds right. Yeah, it all sounds really cool. And I'm definitely going to go back and finish Valhalla. I kind of wish they had an expansion plan for the Vikings to visit Canada because, fun fact, it was not it was not the the European explorers that first colonized North America, but it was the Vikings that, yeah. that found Newfoundland. So... That would have been a cool shot for Canadians. But regardless, this sounds very cool. And I will play it. I plan on playing it one day. Okay, so for the sake of time, do you want to move on to the main topic? Or are there any of these new stories that you feel like you really have something to say about? Uh, I just want to say that 10 free games for PlayStation, pretty cool. Um, probably won't play any of them. but And then... On that one... 
I want to say that uh, Horizon is going to be free, and God damn it, because I bought Horizon last month. Same. I bought the, the... I had already played it, but it was my brother's version. So I bought the game with the DLC Me too. for like 30 bucks. And now I'm like, it's twenty, or yeah, it might have been twenty. I can't remember. Oh, okay. But it's yeah, it was a, pick or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, so yeah, it was probably twenty. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of mad about that, but whatever. <laughs> uh, people get pe- People get a, a great game for free. I mean, I think I'm. I won't even say that, but uh, but yeah, people get a great game for free. So yeah, I just wish they would update it to sixty frames per second on PS5 because it's it is not. Yeah, that would be nice. Because the God of War one, great. Fantastic. And then, okay. Um, for for yep. PSVR 2, um, I just want to say, thank God they're moving away from those stupid-ass long <laughs> controls from the PS3 era. Those are terrible. <laughs> and uh, I like how they look like the Oculus Touch controllers. Because I, like, I, I own yeah. the Oculus uh, Quest. And those controllers are pretty good for uh, VR. Um, I also like that they're being tracked by the headset instead of the camera, because the track, like I said earlier, the tracking on the PSVR sucks ass. And then, uh, just going back to the play at home section real quick, they're also giving away four VR titles in those uh, ga- in that section. So I'm just wondering if those are going to be compatible with PSVR too, because if so, that's a good like little VR library you can get there. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if. Like this, the games will be compatible or not. Yeah. I feel like that'll that would that would be very upsetting if they weren't, and not yeah. not not a good start for PSVR two if they aren't compatible. But knowing Sony, wouldn't be surprised if they aren't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I think right now, actually, if you want to play a PSVR game on PS five. You need to have a DualShock Four still around, because I know I really? know the original PSVR. Yeah, it tracks the light on the controller. Oh my so God. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how the other games are gonna work with this new headset. So we'll see. <laughs> okay, so now that we've run through all the big story beats from this past week, let's move on to our main topic, and that is, how much do graphics matter? In a world with with 4K 120 FPS ray tracing becoming almost must-have features, I gotta ask, how much how much do graphics matter? Does a pre-game equal a good game? Do old games just age and get worse over time? And it's just our nostalgia blinding us, making us think that these these washed out 2010 games actually stand up to the test of time alongside some really great modern games. So, Arcwing, he already has some examples lined up. Why don't you tell us about those? <clears throat> okay. Um, so, to me, graphics don't matter as much as like compared to how a game plays. Honestly, I would rather play a game at 1080p at 60 frames per second than 4K 30 with ray tracing. To me, gameplay must be like must almost be the number one thing the game must nail. Obviously, there's like some exceptions, like Gaff you have here, The Last of Us Part Two. Like to me, a story game is also pretty, also like make a game pretty good. But I just wanted to make an example of like the upcoming Pokemon games. 
um, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I played their original versions back back when I was a kid on the DS, and those are like my favorite Pokemon games ever. Like that game was my was like my childhood or whatever. And with the remakes, I understand that people don't like the way the graphics look, but I feel like as long as they keep the gameplay like traditional, like they're saying they will, it's gonna be like a pretty fun game. Because to me, those games were pretty fun back in the day. Um, and I also, I also like how just it looks like an HD DS game. So, win for me, I guess. Um, but is that good though, or is that just you just remembering mean, your childhood? To be honest, that could be that could be personal preference. You know, I like when I, I I will be honest. When I first looked at it, it did look a little weird. But I did have I did get used to the way it looks after looking at the trailer multiple times. I mean, even not even taking Pokemon for example. Um, I'm playing. I'm currently playing a game called Fantasy Star Online 2 on my Xbox. Um, that was a game that came back out in 2012 back in Japan and recently got, recently came to America last year. And uh, I'm telling you, the game isn't the best looking, to be honest, especially on the Series S, because uh, it's using the Xbox One S version of the game and uh, doesn't look too great. But it's not really bugging me or anything. I'm there for the story and the gameplay. So, that, that's just me right there. Um, Skyward Sword HD is another game I want to make an example of. It's personally my favorite Zelda game because it has the best story of any Zelda game in Amazing Dungeons. But I also like the way that the game plays. Like, I know people really? prop. Yeah, I actually like the way it plays. I know there are problems with the motion controls and everything like that. But to me, just like having the sword motions one-to-one back in the Wii was like really exciting for me as a kid. And uh, I, I'm really hoping the Switch version fixes up the issue the game had so people can like experience the game in a better light than the Wii did. And um, one more game that's kind of in between of the two that I want to call out is Persona 5. Because the gameplay in that game is like one of my favorite RPGs that I recently played. But also, like the, it's not like 4K amazing textures and graphics, but like... It's the style, the art style of the game that's like really oh, yeah. yeah, I like, so vibrant and yeah, so vibrant, exaggerated, and yeah, oh, yeah. I think superb. I think art style is more important than trying to look like you know hyper realistic. Yeah, I agree. Because uh, if you look back at like PS3 era games, those the ones that like try to look realistic. To be honest, they don't really hold up well. I think it art style yeah. is a lot more important nowadays, in my opinion. And, and I'm interested in to my... see like how okay. how more realistic games like now will look ten, twenty years in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think th- will be ageless. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely game games with a like better direction. When it comes to art style, I think will age better than if you're just trying to make a realistic looking game. Like, obvi- yeah. like you know, I just played um, uh, Nino Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch, which was a PS wow. PS3 game, and I also just recently replayed through uh, the Uncharted series, okay. and. I mean, the Uncharted games don't look terrible, but I mean that Studio Ghibli animation, uh, uh, in Nino Kuni is like 
beautiful. Mm-hmm. And just... It'll, it'll never stop being beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it ages like fine wine. Yeah. Just look at Wind Waker, for example, too. Back then, everyone hated the way it looked, but now it looks, it still holds up. Like, the art style really still holds up. And keep in mind that Persona 5 was developed for the PS3. Yeah. And then it switched to PS4. Yeah, that art style is going to hold up for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So, as for my examples, uh, as I mentioned, I put The Last of Us Part 2. And I put that because, so, yeah, gameplay is great. It's a it's a great third person shooter, of course, and it's nice and gritty and violent and satisfying. But you can't mention this game without mentioning the graphics because, in this case, it really does matter because they're just so freaking outstanding. The the mocap and it makes the facial animations just so real. Which and that means it really makes the emotional acting just on another level, and the atmosphere of the game, all all the darkness and the fog. For example, and sorry, this is spoilers, but there's a section of the game where you're you're in a forest and you're you're in the you're in the middle of being hung, and then you're you're saved by these two characters, and then you're running away, and meanwhile, all the all the all the clickers and effector they're chasing you in in the darkness and your only source of lighting is this this torch that you're holding in your hand as you're frantically running and that was a terrifying that was a terrifying chase it it's just the game it look it's so real that it really feels like you're in the apocalypse and maybe one day like 10 years in the future it'll it'll age badly and we'll have a new standard but for now i think the graphics really do matter in this game and then on the flip side we have the hill infinite demo back in back in e3 of last year around around e3 time where i thought the gameplay was was super good and was exactly what i wanted but the graphics just weren't there and unfortunately it did taint my enjoyment of the demo and i think that was because halo is xbox's flagship series and if there's one thing they have to get right it's halo and not only that but we haven't had a mainline halo game since 2015 and this would have been the first game this would have been the next gen showcase. This game should have showed exactly why you need 12 teraflops in your Xbox Series X, and it just wasn't up to snuff. I mean, obviously you have the the Craig meme, and you have Digital Foundry making a video just showing the flaws in their lighting system, and like their lighting system, it had pros and cons, but in this demo in particular, it just the flaws were just really being accentuated. And then ever since then, the Force Media they've put out development updates on the on the status of Halo Infinite, and it does look really improved. And I think it does look like next gen game now. But at that point in time, way back in the summer, it, the gra- 
it was the only time where I really wanted the game to be to be pretty, only because Halo had a point to prove, and I think it failed to prove it. Yeah, I with Halo, I I didn't think it looked. I mean, it looked not great, but I feel like that that's a game where I hope they are focusing more on art style than they are. Like, like yeah, yeah, make it realistic looking, but also try to blend some interesting, like, art style in there to make it feel like the atmosphere and stuff feel unique. Um, yeah. uh, a game that I think did a really good job of blending art style and, like, realism um, was Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that game is, like, yeah, they're trying to look realistic and everything, but it's not as realistic looking, I would say, as especially like the the character models and stuff as like um as last of us 2 i mean nothing's really as far as characters go that game's incredible when it comes to that but um yeah but i think ghost of Tsushima did like with the environments and everything just did a really good job of combining realism and uh cool uh art direction and i hope halo um, I hope that's what's in store for Halo Infinite. Because um, it doesn't really... I don't think it needs to look... I mean, it's they're, they're aliens and stuff like that. Like, they're not going to look... real. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. <laughs> just, but. just stop giving... They can't give the people another reason be done halo they need to every possible complaint someone could have they need to they need to counter it and this sounds like an impossible task and it probably is but they could have definitely done a better job than that demo yeah i agree with that definitely could have been better yeah i didn't really have a problem like with the way the gameplay looked um yeah and i agree the graphics could have been better but like i didn't really hate it at the time to me, like yeah, art style is is something they have to they have to work on at three four three, because uh, people didn't like the art style shift from Halo three to four, and yep. yeah, yeah. But like, it seems like they're back I, on the right track with Halo Infinite. Yeah, sometimes I go back to like play Halo two anniversary, and sometimes I think, wow, this actually looks a lot better than Halo five. It's so it's great, man. Halo two anniversary, especially those cutscenes, they're beautiful. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, the cinematics in that game are great. Insane. But speaking of art style, like, uh, Sam had a note here. Sorry, not Sam, Mark Wing. Where Nintendo, one thing they nail consistently is art style. And that's why they don't need, they don't need the best games from a technical standpoint. Like, on paper, their games, I guess you could say, are inferior to what PS5 and Xbox Series X offer. But who cares? Because they look amazing anyway. Maybe that's because they focus on 1080p displays and the 720p switch, yeah. switch, switch display. 
and and even then, some games on the Switch don't even run at that resolution. They run lower sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And even, especially in handheld mode. And even then, they'll still look good to an occasion. You know, it'll blurry and, and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the, I will sit on the, my bed right in front of a TV and will majority of the time play in handheld mode. And it's yeah, a lot of those games still look great, like Zelda. Like, I mean, come on. That game is beautiful. Yep. Which is why, Birth like, the if, if there's a Switch Pro, what I want from a Switch Pro isn't necessarily 4K graphics or ray tracing. What I want is a stable frame rate. Give me 60 FPS. Give me better load times. Because I, I've been playing Persona 5 Strikers, and the load times in that game are... They're not bad, but... They make me lazy, right? Because mm-hmm. in Persona, you have to go, you have to go and grind sometimes to level up. So you got to go back and forth from the dungeons. So you go in there, you fight some bad guys, then you go back to heal. And every loading screen is like eight, eight to ten seconds of time. So sometimes I'll be sitting there and ah, do I want to go fight this boss under levels or do I do I get stronger? And I don't want to wait another minute. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go fight it underpowered. Yeah, someone I played that game on PS5, and those load times were like one second, two seconds. They were quick. Oh, I, but uh, yeah, so jealous. for me, for a Switch Pro, I would, I would like, yeah, like you're saying, stable frame rate and like stable resolution at least. I know there's rumors of like the dock doing 4K upscaling with DLSS. We'll see if that's true or not. We'll uh, see. Yeah. <sighs> just stable, just like a t- 1080 60. Even if it's not 1080, 720, 720, 60-something, something stable. Just don't go sub-720. If Breath of the Wild was already making us drop frames, then they're really going to need to do something for Breath of the Wild, too. Yeah, a lot of Switch games recently, their frame rate has not been that good. Yeah, even the first-party stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So now, moving on from the main topic, we have Game Pass or Play. Now, Polar wrote, wrote this <laughs> this little segment of text, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he still wants me to say all this because I'm not sure what some of it means. But uh, I'll say what the gist of the concept is. Game Pass or Play is where we pick a a game from game pass we hit the random we hit the surprise button on game Pass. Uh, okay oh okay so that's what that is yeah because there's a there's a there's a button that you can press on game pass that's like surprise me and then it gives you a random game okay all right in that case then i'll just continue reading on from this through our suffering or enjoyment you are the winner your prize a suggestion or a warning for the game we play last week's last week's game was hellblade and I guess you guys decided it was a definitive pass. So yeah, I was the one who played it, and uh, I I can get why people like it, but it wasn't for me. Let's just sum it up like that. So did you take my suggestion and play it with headphones? Yeah, I did. And, and it didn't wow you. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, the voices were getting more annoying as I kept going on to me. No. And, 
And like I was mentioning the polar and in uh, uh, Sam here that uh, the story is kind of confusing unless you like already know it's about mental mental health disorders. I feel like someone just going into the game wouldn't really know that at all. And and even after like looking up a video explaining it to me, I was just like, okay, it, it makes sense, but like it's not something I really enjoyed to be honest. Like okay, I was saying, so, the combat felt repetitive, and there were some yes. moments where I'm just like, I just want this to be over with. <laughs> yes, the combat was kind of simple and repetitive, not going to lie. And the enemy types, they were kind of the same. Um, I think there are only like, there's like three different kinds of enemies, and their patterns are predictable. But the story and the atmosphere, I think it's... I think it's something special. Uh, and then for those who don't know, and I guess I'll try to stay away from spoilers, but the premise of the game is that there's this woman who isn't a Viking. She's, she's a woman that lives in like the Viking era. She's on this quest to bring her dead husband back to life. She keeps the head of her, the decapitated head of her, husband in this little sack and she ties the sack to her belt and then she's on this journey and she has she hears voices in her head i forget what the exact ailment it is that that she has but it's not schizophrenia i think it's i think it's they, different... psychosis i believe it is. psychosis Psychos- yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's, that's what they say uh, she has psychosis, and that caused her to hear voices. And then if you, and if you put on headphones, they really do the job of of using spatial audio, where it sounds like the voices are coming in, coming at you from all these different directions. And like one voice will be like trying to encourage you, and say tell tell you nice things, and another one will be like very sad and distraught. And then you have these very hateful voices that are constantly like trying to put you down. And the voices react as as you're playing the game. Like if you're playing, if you're fighting against the enemy, the voices will tell you, uh, "Here, press this button and and strike now to take him down." And as you're getting weak and dying, they'll they'll start being more depressing. And then a huge part of this game is the puzzles. And I think some of the puzzles were the puzzle, some of the puzzles were not great, but I think most of them are pretty creative and innovative the puzzles a lot of the puzzles are to do with matching symbols for example you'll be in an area and there'll be some some wooden objects hanging from the wall you'll have to walk walk around and position the game camera in a way that will make the objects align into a symbol and that'll be like one step in solving the puzzle the fact that the voices are trying to give you tips to help solve a puzzle, I think, are really good. And I, and I think the end of this game is, I think it's pretty impactful as to what it means for Senua and her journey. Um, I, I definitely get, like, overall, I rated it a 7 out of 10. Just, just because the gameplay was kind of lackluster but for me the story and the atmosphere saved it from it from it being much worse 
Yeah, so, I'm not saying it's a bad game. I'm just saying personally, it wasn't for me. I'm just thinking like it's if if you enjoy it, you'll enjoy it. To me, I I, I kind of felt like it was kind of dragging on towards like the end. At least it's short. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like it's a play for you. It was it was a play for you. I think for how short it is and how different of a concept it is, I, I'm going to say play. Yeah. I think it'll, it'll cost you basically nothing to try it, and I think everyone should at least try it. Yeah. So, Ark, did you play Greedfall at all this week or no? Uh, unfortunately, no. I was too right. busy this week to play it. Yeah, because I know Polar was playing it. Um, unfortunately, he can't be here. But, uh... Yeah, that's a it's a it's very similar to like Dragon Age. Um but the gameplay is not as good. <laughs> pretty much pretty much everything is just not as good except like the the narrative stuff is still uh pretty good. Um and there's some very like interesting uh faction stuff going on. Um and like decisions you make will affect your relationship with the different factions. Like it's still possible to like be liked by all the factions, which is kind of a little weird. But I think it still kind of narratively works. Um and overall like the main the main like narrative of it is pretty like it seems to start kind of small scale, like between, it's just kind of like very focused in on the relationship between the main character and his, and her uh, cousin. And then it kind of grows from there and becomes much larger scale. Um, and it's, I, I would say it's a play. I enjoyed my time with it. Um, when I played it a couple years ago when it first came out. Um, but yeah, it's definitely not like the best game. I, I'd say a seven out of 10. Um, Cause it, it's very like, you could, you could tell it was not a very high budget game. Um, but, Just looking at screenshots. It, yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah. And like the enemy AI is terrible. Just, just, just not, not good. Like, like, I, there, there was this thing in that game where you would like start fighting an enemy, and then like, if you got like hit back or if you like moved back a little bit, like out of their like, I don't know, out of their like encounter range or whatever, the enemy would just like stop fighting you. But then if you went in back in to like hit it. It would, like, have full health again. Because uh, you, like, left the encounter, even though you, like, you oh, were no. still fighting it. Like, it was, yeah, there was stuff like that that was just really dumb. Like, you were, like, hitting the thing, and it would just, like, stop the encounter and then restart it. But they would have full health again. It's just like, really? Man. So, yeah, there was stuff like that that would happen quite a bit. Um, But I, I, I don't know. In a era where... There haven't been a lot of games like Dragon Age and Mass Effect because they stopped making them for some reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, it was nice to be able to play one, play something very similar to that. And I like the aesthetic. It was pretty, it was like, it, it it's like colonial kind of fantasy, which is a really interesting and not very used mechanic or uh, just aesthetic in the, in games. Um, but yeah, it I, I liked it. But uh, I guess we can. I can hit the random button and figure out uh, next week's game. Tell us what it is. That we can all try to play. It's going. Drum roll. It is Neon Abyss. Neon Abyss. I've never it heard of it. Looks like a platformer, and it looks like it's got an interesting art style. Roguelike action. So, why can I not click? What is it? Okay. Like, why Why doesn't it just say details? And not that stupid button. Um, platformer. Uh, frantic roguelike action platformer. You run and gun your way into the abyss as part of the Hades form Grim Squad. So, it looks like it's 2D? Yeah, I'm looking at screen charts now. Okay, which should be interesting. Because I failed to mention that when we were talking about the main topic, but 2D games are just not my thing. Oh. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. I, I cannot, yeah, I don't know why. but <laughs> To me, it just depends on the genre. Looking at this yeah. now, um, I don't know if it'll be for me, to be honest. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah. I never played Rolex before, so... Same. Yeah, see how yeah. I feel about this. And with that, that wraps up, I guess, our first actual episode of X Interact. Unfortunately, the first episode can contain polar as well, but hopefully it'll be all of us will be here next week. Thank you for listening us talk about games with our unprofessional opinions. <laughs> but hopefully we'll get better over time. Yeah, we'll eventually get better over time. <clears throat> eventually, we'll be professionals. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, and goodbye.